The word convenience in our culture is used in a strong way, not only to denote what is appropriate, but also to denote what's possible. It's it's almost as if something is inconvenient for me, it's impossible for me. Or if something's inconvenient for you, it is not appropriate in any circumstance for me to ask it of you. And that's simply not true. In today's episode, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at the scripture. We're going to be looking at what Jesus did in a particular story. And I'm going to use that to try to knock that down a peg because I want you to inconvenience me and I want you to inconvenience you. We'll get to that in just one second. As was stated in the introduction, this word convenience has been overextended grossly, in my opinion, to a place where, you know, we just feel like it's a bad word. Now, in our culture where everything is served to us on a platter, where we're very comfortable, it is not very surprising, I I suppose, now that I think about it, that we think that inconvenience is just such an evil thing, because after all, when are we inconvenienced in the public space at all, unless we go to the DMV of course, and as you already know, <laughs> but everywhere else, you know, I want my food to come. I want it to be hot. I want it to be good. I want the order to be correct. Also, the air conditioner better be on if it's the summer and the heat better be on if it's the winter. If I am at the car, you know, wash, then I'm just going to get my car. I'm going to go through the machine that's going to wash my car. I don't even want to speak to a person. Just take the car, take, you know, take the money and I'm rolling out of here. And so basically in, a, in our culture, everywhere we go, we just expect convenience And so, of course, inconvenience has come to this point, but we need to stop that. We need to we need to pause that for a second because we need to see what Jesus says and does about convenience. And I want to show you uh, Matthew chapter eight. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter eight. We're going to be looking at that real quick because this first point is very important. Before we get into inconveniencing me and inconveniencing you, I want to show you what Jesus did. And I want to make a point off of that. So we're going to be reading Matthew chapter eight, verse one, two, three, five, six, seven and eight. So that's Matthew verses one through eight sans verse four. It says when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him and behold, there came a leper and worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will. Mm, There it is right there be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Let's look at verse five. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Again, we see that I will. Verse eight, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. When I first read this, I was thinking to myself, I was doing like devotions. I was thinking to myself, not even like very consciously. I think it was kind of like a subconscious thing. I was thinking to myself like, whoa, like Jesus is healing back to back here. He heals the leper. The leper comes to him worshiping, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus says, listen, bro, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. But then check this. After that, Jesus went into a whole different city. Jesus was entered into Capernaum. There came unto him a centurion beseeching him. So we know that Jesus comes down from the mountain. 
There's this great multitude following him. I'm assuming there is some distance between the place he was at, the mountain, or the foot of the mountain at this point. I'm assuming there was some distance between there and the city. He finally gets into the city. He just got finished on the mountain. He just got finished like being thronged by a bunch of people and just, you know, surrounded by a bunch of people. A guy asked for healing. So now healing virtue has left him. And now there's another guy once he enters the city who wants his help. He's had no chance to sit down to our uh, knowledge. He's had no meal. He ha He's had no bath. He's had no washing of the feet. He's had no like time to decompress. This is this is all what's going on in my subconscious, by the way, while I'm reading this. And it's like, boom, something else. Someone hits him with something else. And Jesus says, before the man even asked, I want you to look at verse six. He says, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now, verse five says he was beseeching him, but the way he was beseeching him that we can see is that he is explaining to him the situation. He is pouring his heart out over the situation that's at home. And the implication is, Lord, I just really need you to work this out. And before he can actually formulate a formal question of, would you please come to my house and deal with the situation? Because if you don't, the servant is probably going to die. Jesus says, I will come and heal him. I'll come and I'll do the thing that you're beseeching me to do. And I would hit me. And I hope I hope this hits you, too. What hit me when I read that for the second time. He's two for two now. He says, I will. For the second time in a row, Jesus says, I will. And it hit me so heavy because it's like, man, like. He could have just been like, no, like I'm tired. He could have been like, you know. Tomorrow. He could have said, listen. They're not going to die. I'm going to wait like I did for Lazarus or maybe not that long, but I'm going to wait and I'm going to go do this first because after all, I can keep them alive and just sick until I get ready. The man with leprosy, you ain't going to die tomorrow. I'm gonna come see me. Come see me in two days, you know, because right now, like I'm trying to get to Capernaum and I just got off the mountain. There's a lot of people here, you know, just come see me in two days. You'll be all right. Or I'll come see you in a couple of days. So for us procrastinators, I mean, just listen here. Jesus could have been like, listen, I'm the way I'm the truth. I'm the life. You ain't going to die before I get a chance to heal you. So just hang tight, my brother, and I'm going to come see you in a little bit. He didn't say to the centurion, listen, I know they, they going through it right now, but it's going to be all good because I'm going to come tomorrow or just give me a second to wash my feet. He says, I'm going to come. And in my mind's eye, I see him like walking in that direction. Because Jesus does the thing that he says he's going to do. He had every intention. This is a lot of people read this scripture. And this is what this is what's so heavy to me. A lot of people read the scripture and they, <laughs> they talk about how the centurion says, listen, just send a word only. And Jesus is like, wow, see, that's what I'm talking about. This faith right here is what I'm talking about. And that's a good thing because that's what Jesus was really marveled by. And that was that was kind of the point of the text. But I want you to notice there was no way that Jesus was not going to go to that uh, man's house. And here's the point I'm making. This is point number one before we jump into inconveniencing me and inconveniencing you. Inconvenience God. Do it. Because really, it's a play on words. 
really, I'm being sarcastic. God cannot be inconvenienced because he only does what he wants to do. Can't nobody make him do otherwise. (laughs) And so I want you to inconvenience God. Let me show you a little bit of evidence of how we are versus how God is. Let's go back to the scripture text. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. That's verse five. Now, Jesus says, I will come and I will heal him. Look at verse eight. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only. (laughs) That's what he says. But I want you to pay attention to that first point. I am not worthy. A lot of us pray for things. But sometimes we don't pray for things. There are some there are some people probably right now who are trying not to pray for things because, Lord, I'm not worthy. That's too big a thing. But number one, there's nothing too hard for God. And number two, you cannot inconvenience him. You're either in God's will or you're not in his will. But if you are in his will, don't think in terms of convenience versus inconvenience, because I want you to see here in the scripture text, Jesus never said, I'm not going to come to your house. He never said it would be easier for me to remain here. He never said, hey, would it be okay if I just sent one of my disciples? He literally said, I'm going to come. He could have said all those things. He could have said, I'm going to come tomorrow. He could have said, I'm going to send Peter. He could have said any number of, he said, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal him, which lets you know that God had every intention of going to that man's house and healing that servant, every intention. And so before you cut yourself short in prayer, before you do not dare to dream, before you cut short your aspirations, do not hesitate to quote unquote inconvenience God. The inconvenience is totally of your own machination. It is totally your own imagination and rumination. God is not inconvenienced. You only think he is because you would be, and I would be, but God is like, if you want it, (laughs) ask for it. James says, the reason that you do not have is because you do not ask. So point number one, inconvenience God. So let's talk about us. I was uh, I was texting my sister the other day and she was telling me about this job she's in the process for interviewing for. And she was telling me like, hey, if you don't mind, it'd be great if you could do X, Y or Z, because I'm going to be best in this position. I'm going to need for this position X, Y or Z. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. I can do that. No problem. And she was like, all right, cool. Let me know because I don't want to inconvenience nobody. And I'm like, man, you know, it's no problem. Whatever. I was talking to my cousin on Thanksgiving. Shout out to Mac. Hadn't seen him in like years. And I was like, yo, cuz, what's going on? How you been? He was like, you know, just working, staying out the way. I'm like, true, I feel you. Anyway, moving on. And we moved on with the conversation. And I'm thinking now after reading this, you should have seen me reading this scripture like weeks later after my cousin. And when I talked to my sister a few days ago, I told her like, yo, you just gave me the, like my idea for my next podcast. Because I had read this scripture like a week before and this is it just kind of stuck with me. It was not leaving me the the way Jesus just was like, I will like, you know, Jesus, if you will, you can make me whole. OK, well, I will. No problem. Boom. 
Jesus, you know, my servant is sick. I'm coming to heal him. Like, no questions asked. And when my sister said what she said, and it was like, I don't want to inconvenience anyone, it was like, boom, wow, we got a problem. Now, for those of you who know, and for those of you who don't, let me explain, in black culture, we ain't playing (laughs) when it comes to the self-sufficiency. I mean, it is problematic, it's so deep. And you would think self-sufficiency, self-reliance, those are good things, but it is a problem to the point where it's like, you know, black people don't let their kids go nowhere hungry. And I, and I, when I say nowhere, I do mean nowhere. You could be going over your cousin house, your aunt house, your grandma house. Grandmas might be the like sole exception, but it's you about to eat before you leave because I don't want you being hungry when you get over there and you trying to ask somebody. Why? Because there's this culture of if you hungry, you know, they're going to think that I ain't doing what I need to do. And that and it's like, yo, they going over a family house, chill. <laughs> Auntie going to feed them anyway, regardless of what, what you did. And they're going to eat because they like to eat because they kids and kids need to eat. And this is where is the problem, right? My cousin was like, yo, I'm staying out the way. And immediately, like and on a visceral level, I responded just boom. I feel you, man. Amen to that. <laughs> it resonated like deeply, like from a deep place. And it's like, why did I respond so quickly in the affirmative to staying out the way? Why? Because I have been taught that it is inherently a good thing to be out the way. No, let me let me let me let you know something right now. I'm doing this for the benefit of us as a people for Americans who are generally taught that self-sufficiency and self-dependence and self-reliance are the only way and everything else is trash. I'm doing this for us. Let's let's pause and say, let's let's think about this for a minute. Why is it that I need to be in order to be doing good for society? I need to be out the way of everybody. What kind of society is this? What kind of world am I living in when I got to apologize for needing your help? What kind of kids we raising? where we're teaching them that if you need something, you're wrong. You ain't supposed to need nothing. If you need something, I'm supposed to give it to you. And if I don't give it to you, then you don't need it. What? So now the kids can only go as far as the parents can take them and no further because they can't need nothing. They're not allowed to need anything other than what mom and dad can provide and that's not good let's look at the scriptures look at jesus jesus says listen i will come before he even formalized the question he says i'm coming and i'm coming to heal just because you explain the situation let's get to point number two point number two is this inconvenience me i'm speaking to my friends i'm speaking to my people I'm speaking to my tribe, but I'm also speaking to anybody listening to me right now, literally anybody, whether I know you or not. If there is something that I can do for you. That is good and it is positive and it is righteous. Ask me to do it for you, please ask me to do it for you. And I will do it for you if I can do it for you. And if there is a reason I cannot do it for you, I will tell you the reason 90 percent of the time. And guess what? That's how it's supposed to be. 
Now, we not Jesus, you know, we not, you know, able to just go, 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 go. And do. I'm not saying you need to be just openly available for everyone to use and whatever way they want to use. That's a whole nother podcast episode. There are boundaries, there are discipline. But I want you to stick to our subject today, which is convenience versus inconvenience, because I feel like a lot of the times we do not ask because we feel like we're going to be inconveniencing someone. But go ahead and inconvenience me. Go ahead and inconvenience them because the Bible says, again, that you do not have because you do not ask. And it's not just God, my brothers and sisters. There are some people that God has here on this earth who, if you would just ask them, they would help you. Now, the second part of that scripture is you do not have still, even if you do ask because you ask amiss, you ask so that you may consume it upon your own lust. So again, another situation, I don't want to be the kind of person who is asking. And remember what I said, if you're asking for something good, if you're asking for something righteous, then I can do it. The reason I said that is because I don't want to be the type of person who's obviously available for just any old thing. But what I am saying is I don't want you to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Do not think that because you need something, it's a bad thing. Because the people who need bad things, they ask all the time. <laughs> they ask in all day, every day, and then we get $20. Like, <laughs> and I'm not, <laughs> let me not poke too much fun, but, and they just, you know, they ain't doing nothing, but you know what? They like, huh, I might as well ask. You either going to say yes or no. I need you to adopt that attitude if you're doing something positive. All right. Inconvenience me. Because what is convenience? I'm here for you and you're here for me that's the biblical that's the kingdom way of doing things like i am here to esteem not myself but i'm here to esteem you my mom when i was growing up she would uh we'll be on our way to church we used to take the, the train and the bus there because we lived far and we didn't have a car and I'm like, yo, we training and busting it. It's cold. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, we ain't got it like that because we on the train and the bus. Why are you stopping to feed this man McDonald's right now? Why Why are you doing this? Like, I mean, <laughs> the only reason I'm eating McDonald's is because this stranger asked you for some McDonald's. So you said, I'm going to feed my kids, too. But if I would have asked, you would have said, no. I mean, I had a whole attitude, y'all. But, <laughs> but check this. What, what I was seeing was inconvenience in action. And you know what? It probably changed someone's day because my mother was willing to be inconvenienced. But the truth is, is guess what? We waiting for the bus. And so I got some money and you hungry. So let me feed you. And what is that inconvenience compared to you having a full stomach for the next five, six hours? And it's something about a full stomach psychologically that can do something that can do a lot for you maybe you won't do the mischief you were want to do because now you full and you happy and you satisfied maybe you 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 know maybe your outlook on life is a little nicer it's a little softer it's a little kinder it's a little bit more benevolent because somebody said i'm going to buy you a breakfast sandwich convenience me if you feel like you cannot inconvenience people I want you to release yourself from that because it's probably rooted in something that is not righteous. It is probably rooted in a doctrine that says 
that you are supposed to be out here providing and doing for yourself and creating for yourself. And all these things are being done by yourself. And that is fundamentally wrong because you ain't supposed to be giving glory to yourself like that, even in the expectant. So it's not that you're saying, oh, look what I provided. Look what I've done. Look what my hands have wrought. But what you are saying is watch what I provide for myself. Watch what I create and watch what my hands will work because you're expecting to do these things for yourself and by yourself. And in, in a fundamental way, you're taking God's providence and his grace and his provision out of the equation. Inconvenience somebody with a yo. Could you give me some advice? Inconvenience somebody with a, hey, listen, I'd like to spend a day with you just to see how you do this, just to see how you parent, just to see how you run your business, just to see how you, you know, apply for colleges, just to see how you do calculus, because I can't do it. It sucks. And you're good at it. I just want to learn from you. If you need some money for an application and you're trying to better your life, I hope somebody is. That would be wonderful. Somebody right now trying to like apply for a job or apply for an application. Listen, go to somebody and say, hey, I need some help writing this. Why Why do it by yourself when you got people who can help you make it better? Yeah, but, you know, they busy. They ain't that busy. If they are Christian like they say they are, they're going to want to do it. So all you got to do is ask. And you already 80 percent home because if they want to do it, then a lot of times they will do it. So God is saying, quote, unquote, inconvenience me. I am saying the Christians are saying inconvenience me and all the Christians said amen. Right. But here's where it gets real. And this is after God. This is this is actually the most important thing, really. I want you to inconvenience yourself. And this is this this is what the second point hinges on, because you can't really inconvenience me if you're not willing to inconvenience yourself. So I just got finished talking about how if you're writing a, you know, a, a paper or a personal statement. And you're not the greatest writer and you're like, you know what, I know Carl do a little bit of writing or I know my friend does a little bit of writing or, you know, there's a whole writing department at my church. If you know that, I'm saying, yes, ask for help. But also, here's the point. If you're not willing to start writing. Then don't don't ask nobody to help you write nothing, OK, because you got to start because before I can care, you got to care before I'm inconvenienced. You got to be inconvenienced because I want you to understand that the man in the scripture text we talked about earlier. This is so very important. He did not send one of his servants to go tell Jesus that his servant was sick. And he literally said that I am a man under authority and I say to this man go and he goes and I say to this man do this and it's completed and I say to the other guy come here and he comes why didn't you send your servant to go tell Jesus to come to your house because it meant so much to you that this servant was sick that you inconvenience yourself enough that you said, forget the chain of command. I don't care how many servants I have. I don't care how many men are the command I have. I am going to get up myself. I am going to go to Jesus myself because he needs to know from me that the person that I am responsible for, the person who has been taking care of my household is sick and I want for you to do something about it. You don't have to come. You just have to speak 
And even though I could, didn't have to come, I all I only had to speak. I wanted to show you how important this was to me. And my brothers and my sisters, if you're not willing to be inconvenienced, then you have now lost your ability to inconvenience someone else. And perhaps I should have put this point before the other point, but I hope you stuck around long enough to hear it because it's so very important. If you are not willing to get out of your comfort zone, no one's going to be willing to get out of their comfort zone for you. Why should they get out of bed and you haven't gotten out of bed? Why should they leave their home and you're still under the covers? I want you to understand that you cannot expect miracles if you're not willing to move your feet. You got to be inconvenienced. And it's as simple as that. If you're not willing to inconvenience yourself, you are going to get what you've put out. You have, you're going to reap what you've sown. And if you feel like, well, no one does it for me, Carl. I ask all the time. You might have got this far and been like, hell no, he's talking about because I'd be asking people be saying no. Do you say no when people ask you? Do you inconvenience yourself for the people you serve at your job or do you say that's not my job? Because if you say that's not my job all day long and then you go and you ask someone to do something that's literally not their job <laughs> and you expect them to say yes, what are you thinking? Who do you think you are? <laughs> I mean, I'm really I, mean, I really didn't even mean that to come out, but it just slipped out. You know what I'm saying? What in the world? <laughs> you want somebody to come out their space. Come out their comfort, but you spend all day guarding your comfort like Cerebus guards Hades. What are, you, what are you doing? Inconvenience yourself. And it's not just people, my brothers and my sisters. God says in his word, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh unto you. Well, that don't sound right. He needs to come to me. Jesus is going to come to me where I am. Yeah, but I do say that. And you have to rightly divide the word. If you want to reach unto God, you got to reach by faith. He definitely healed the servant, but he only knew of the servant because somebody came and got him. The woman with the issue of blood got healed from her issue, which she had for a decade and some change. Not because the Lord divined it out of thin air that there was this woman who had this issue. No, she came to where he was. She fought her way through a literal crowd. She just grabbed the hem of his garment. And at that moment, that's when the healing took place. My former pastor, Bishop Blue, used to say this all the time. And this, <laughs> this just fits. You can't text Jesus. OK, you, you, you can't you can't tweet him and say, see about me you got to talk to him oh you want me to see about you okay i got you before you can finish the question i got you but don't just stand there you know the, the water's trouble but you gotta you gotta get in well i ain't got no man to help me well that's what where jesus gonna help you then when you can't do it then he'll do it but what you can do you need to do inconvenience yourself so to close this podcast episode, let me give you some practical points, to my mind at least, on how we're going to live out the example he left us in Matthew chapter 8 of putting on this I will attitude 
in leaving off inconvenience. The first thing is, and I'm going to make it a little bit more explicit now, but I've been doing this really the whole episode. We need to juxtapose that to the willingness that Jesus showed us in Matthew chapter eight. And this is how we put on the Lord Jesus, my brothers and sisters. This is how we take on his righteousness. Jesus says to the man who comes to him with leprosy, if thou will, you can make me clean. Jesus says, I will. The second man comes and says, listen, my servant is at home. This is the situation. You know, they're grieved terribly. Jesus says, I'm going to come. I will come and heal him. And it doesn't matter that he didn't need to follow through with that. He was already on his way, honestly. Like, I believe he said it because he was going to do it. And I want you to pay close attention to that. He didn't do it because he said it. He said it because he was going to do it. And that's so very important because when we adopt this I will attitude, we're not just adopting some language, some like pithy statement, some, oh, you know, here's the secret to no. It is an outflowing of my will. I want to do this. And this is where the praying comes in. This is where the prayer comes in of Lord, help me to want this. And also in like a proactive sense, don't commit to the thing that you don't want to do. Now, if you're working a job, I mean, you got to have a job, right? But guess what? If you don't like it here, (laughs) you know what I mean? If you don't want to be here, Lord, I need you to get me out of here. But in the meantime, I'm going to work to make you proud. And I don't want to work to make you proud because it's quote unquote the right thing. I want you to give me the conviction for the people that you have. I don't want to treat these people right because if I don't, I'm wrong. I want to treat these people right because I have an understanding of who people are and how valuable they are and how much you love them. And guess what? When I do that, it will be easier for me to treat them right, regardless of whether I like my job or not. And so now we're not praying about the actions. We're praying about the desires. And I'm trying not to go off onto a totally different episode here because we could I mean, we could take it from the top right there, honestly. But suffice it to say, my brothers and sisters want to do the thing. That's what you need to pray about. Lord, change my desires. Lord, show me my own desire so that I can make the right decisions so that when I get in the place, when I find the place. Emily Dickinson said, not in this world to see his face. Sounds long till I read the place where this is said to be, but just a primer to a life, unopened rare upon the shelf, clasped yet to him and me. And she said, watch this, she said, and yet my primer suits me so, I would not choose a book to know, then that be sweeter wise. Might someone else so learn be, but leave me just my ABCs. Himself could have the skies. That is choice, my brothers and my sisters. I know that there are some magnificent books. There are some complex, highbrow, worldly books out there, but my primer suits me so 
that I wouldn't choose those books to know. Choice is so very important and it causes us to want to do. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't give and then start loving. He loved and therefore he gave. So, Lord, change my desires so that I can have this I will mindset. The second thing, my brothers and sisters, is we can just and we talked about this last week. We need to be blunt with ourselves. Not nice, but blunt. Kind, but blunt. Well, what do you mean? How does this apply, Carl? Well, like this, if I want to do something for someone like I really do, but I'm considering my convenience. That means I'm considering my own comfort. What starts to happen is that I start to, in a you know, an attempt to be nice to myself, I start to rationalize why my comfort is very important. The spirit is telling me to do it, but you know, I just, I don't feel like it. And it's, I'm tired and I could use this money for something else that I haven't thought of yet. And I could use this time to catch up on the sleep that I'm not going to get anyway, uh, because Netflix and I could, I could do all these things. So, and I'm going to make all these excuses because I like to be nice. No, be blunt. And hopefully you can be both, but I mean, tell the truth, right? I don't want to because I'm being selfish right now. <laughs> I don't want to because I'd rather be doing something else and face the reality that that's the kind of person you're choosing to be. Because you'll never be able to help yourself. God will never be able to help you if you're going to lie about that. That's what it is. It's not that you're tired. It's not that the thing that you haven't decided to buy yet is so important. It's that you don't want to because you're being selfish with your time, with your money, with your resources, whatever. And it might not be that. It might be that the person is wild and, and that, that, you know, they just like taking. But be blunt with yourself so that you know what it is. This helps in both directions. If you're the kind of person who you feel like or not, you're the kind of person because I know I know my audience. I know y'all not like this, but y'all probably know somebody like this. You know, they're the guy who's, you know, they're the, they're the gal who is trying to have somebody write their paper for them, but they don't want to write it. They want you to pay for something, but they don't want to pay for it. They don't want to contribute their funds, but they want you to cover the funds. I want you to do for me, but I'm not trying to do for myself. You know, somebody like that. They need to be blunt with themselves. They need to not be nice about it and say, well, you know, it's just that everyone needs help. They start using these, uh, you know, these these statements, these these little maxims that make them feel better about how, you know, everyone needs somebody. That is true. It's just, you know, not applicable to you because you're being lazy. And you're being a villain really right now you're you're asking someone to sacrifice when you have not sacrificed and it's for you why wouldn't you be the first partaker and if i find myself in that place if i find myself just for a moment playing the villain and i'm like you know what i just really rather you do this for me because i don't feel like doing it because i want to do something else i don't want to do this work i don't want to i don't want to take this time to do this i need to tell myself yo get yourself together carl you got a job to do. It ain't about how you feel. Do the job to the best of your ability. You tired? That's your fault. You should have went to sleep earlier. Period. 
don't put that on the customer. Well, I'm tired, so they're going to get this. No, you're tired because you went to bed late and you're being irresponsible. Okay, moving on. Not their problem. You shouldn't make it their problem. Let's be charitable to others. And a lot of the times we can do that by being blunt to ourselves. Inconvenience yourself a little bit. Even if it means using this language is going to inconvenience you at yourself, inconvenience yourself by using this language so you can be better. And when you have told yourself. I'm going to be better. When you have allowed yourself to sacrifice for your own self, so I'm going to sacrifice this time so I can write this paper, I'm going to sacrifice my you know, fatigue and still put on this smile and still provide this product and service to the best of my ability. When you've done that, you will teach yourself that it's not that hard of a thing and you will be happy to do it for someone else when they need it because I'm here for you. And that's going to do it for this episode. You've been listening to Sundry Thoughts Podcast with your host, Carl. Listen, y'all, I want you to, I challenge you this week, actually, to pray that prayer. If you've been praying something haphazardly, you've been praying kind of like, ah, I don't want to I wanna go in like that. Go in, bro. <laughs> go in, sis. Pray with your whole heart. Have faith in God. And as long as you're not asking from a place of lust so that you can can consume it, you should have faith that the Lord is going to do it for you so long as it's in his will. Secondly, I want you to find a place that you can be inconvenienced in. Why don't you inconvenience yourself one time this week to the benefit of someone else? It could be a friend, a spouse, a teacher, a professor, your pastor, the guy at the door, the guy in the drive through whatever the smallest inconvenience you can find. Go ahead and do that. Let's make the world a better place this week. I want you to have an amazing day. It's been real. I can't wait for the next episode because I just like talking to y'all. I hope y'all like listening to me. I'll see you next time, family.